Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Fables Around the Table. You're now listening to our season titled Tiffany, where an all-female cast plays Bluebeard's Bride, a feminine horror game. Bluebeard's Bride was written by Whitney Beltrain, Marissa Kelly, and Sarah Richardson, and is published by Magpie Games. Players play through the fairy tale of Bluebeard, a mysterious figure who kills his bride shortly after marriage. The bride must decide whether or not she trusts her husband or reject and abandon him for her own safety. So I was really drawn to this game for how beautiful the book looks, first of all, but also the idea of telling a horror story that stems from, like, the parts of being a, a feminine person in, in a lot of different aspects that are very um, difficult. Um, and that was just really in intriguing to me. It's not something we really talk about in a lot of terms other than, like, in a political sense. So being able to, like, really artistically examine this was um, really interesting. Um, something that hit me was that a lot of this, the things that, that we dealt with in the game are things that we deal with, like, almost every day, and it never even, like, occurred to me how horrifying some of these things were. <laughs> a content warning for Bluebeard's Bride, as well as this season of Fables, our campaign in general focuses around issues of body shaming, body dysmorphia, abusive relationships, but Bluebeard's Bride as a whole can center around things such as uh, sexual assault, abortion, miscarriage, um, religious trauma, uh, things of that nature. So if um, you are looking to play Bluebeard's Bride, which I would highly recommend you do, um, be aware of these things and make sure you're playing the game as safely as possible. The players and I have thoroughly discussed the subject matter and have laid out the safety tools in order to keep the experience tense and tragic, but safe, so that we never go overboard for anybody's comfort level. Uh, and now that that's out of the way, let me introduce you to the wonderful ladies uh, joining me on this horrific fairy tale. Uh, who would like to introduce themselves first? I can go. Um, my name is Fiona L.F. Kelly. Uh, you've probably heard me on other seasons of Fables Around the Table. Um, I was the GM for Curse and Lost, and I was also a player, I think, on all of them except for Chronicle. Um, I run this podcast, basically, uh, but Chelsea's doing all the GMing and editing for uh, for this season. Um in addition to this podcast, you can find me on uh, Tales of the Voidfarer, a uh, actual play Spelljammer-inspired D&D 5th edition podcast that's really fun, um, where we get to do D&D but in space. And you can also find me on Big Streaming Pile, a uh, podcast about bad movies on streaming services. All of these podcasts are part of the Project Derailed Network, um, where I am also a co-founder and owner of Project Derailed, and you can go to projectderailed.com for cool blog posts and things like that. Um, in addition to podcasting, I like to write, so you can find my work on the Mary Sue Geekals.co and various websites across the internet. Um, and also, excitingly, um, Aberrant Second Edition by Onyx Path Publishing, where I was a writer with some really talented uh, other people. And I do just like various ghostwriting projects uh, to fill my time. Um, you can follow me on social media at Fiona LF Kelly. It's so good to remember to like forget all of the people that you've worked with's names. We wrote this like two years ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard when you work with so many cool people all yeah, of the exactly. time. Jeez, what a problem yeah. to have. <laughs> I feel like we shouldn't have let Fiona go first because she sounds way more impressive than I am, at least. No, I just, 
I just have too many hobbies. That's like really the problem. <laughs> Do you want to go next, Annie, then? Sure. Um, so I am Annabelle Kimmel. I think the only other place that you might have heard me from so far is the first season of Fables, Curse. I played Penny, um, very sarcastic Aunt Penny. Other than that, I really don't have much. I am hopefully eventually going to be part of the Dream is a White book podcast with uh, one of my best friends, Two Bookish Babes, and you can find us on Instagram currently. Um, we're trying our hardest to not let this past year completely suck all of our creativity out of us, so we're slowly getting back to posting, but we just like to talk books because we read absolutely nonstop. Other than that, pretty much unimpressive, especially compared Liar. to Fiona. <laughs> Liar. Uh, we only support each other here, so <laughs> yeah. uh, I believe that I'm sounds supporting very impressive. you guys. <laughs> I I love seeing your guys' posts and stuff on Instagram. I get like so excited, and I, I right? look at like your stories and uh, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, Caitlin, what about you? Um, so I am Caitlin Camp. Um, you've probably heard me on the previous season of Fables Around the Table, uh, Lost as Lady Detective Posey Drew Fisher. Um, <laughs> um, otherwise, um, you can find me on social media, at, um, on Instagram as at sunshine underscore Kate. And that is Kate K-A-I-T. And that's that's what I got. <laughs> and it's wonderful yes, and yeah. good because we're all such good, talented yes. people. <laughs> Caitlin, like, has all sorts of cool stuff about, like, plants and foraging and like it's so neat it's it's true yeah yes everyone here is so cool i'm definitely gonna be hitting you guys up because garen and i were talking about getting more plants so oh yes i am always (laughs) excited to talk about plants and will do so at length we have one that's wilting so i'm gonna have to send pictures and be like what's its problem Um, and I'm Chelsea Rexinger. I've been on multiple seasons of Fables Around the Table and also do lots of art creation for Project Derailed. Um, I'm a geeky candle maker as well. If you like candles and tabletop RPGs, you can look us up on Etsy under Plot Kindling Candles for RPG character inspired candles. I gotta say those candles are fantastic. <laughs> we try very hard. <laughs> And if, for whatever reason, you want to follow me personally, you can find me on Twitter at clrex4. Now that you know who we are, um, to introduce you to the season a little bit uh, more intimately, we've left the last couple parts of our setup that we need to do to establish our bride and our relationships with each other. Um, In Bluebeard's Bride, the players play different aspects of a singular character, um, the, the Bride of Bluebeard, and these characters are called the Sisters. Uh, do you guys want to introduce what sister you're playing and what's, like, super cool about them? Sure. Should we just go in the same order? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's probably fine. Okay. Um, so I play the Virgin, um, which is, like, they all have different sort of silly names. Um, well, not silly. They all have different names. Uh, so <laughs> just just to uh, put a qualifier. Virgin. Yeah, just to put a qualifier <laughs> on that one and make it clear that we're not in, like, an 80s movie. Um. So this is the innocent parts of Tiffany. So um, 
so my aspect of her is uh, very innocent and, and hopeful and sort of this like uh, wide-eyed believing in true love and that things will work out, um, but also very like frightened and hesitant about the world. Um, that's like that part of her, the sort of like almost, uh, almost childlike, I think, but um, the one that I think most recognizes that she is in a fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I am, I chose the witch, uh, which is exactly how it sounds. It is the more magical side of our bride. And honestly, like her crafty side, like she, um, very much, I feel like this part really makes her want to be like kind of in the earth and, um, find solutions for some problems that might arise that is a bit more on the crafty charm making side if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Everybody knows every lady's got a special charm about them. (laughs) (laughs) And I am playing the Animus, which is the, I guess, more aggressive, um, suspicious part of Tiffany uh, that also is very interested in protecting ourselves and uh, protecting what we view as ours. Um, So... I don't know where I was going with the so, but <laughs> so yeah. All the time. <laughs> so yeah, I think most of us can relate to having uh, like multiple voices in our head, or mul- when you're feeling conflicting about something. Um, basically, our our players are playing that confliction out, which is at, at separate entities, which I think is really, like really super cool. Mm-hmm. Our our bride has three squips, which is a joke. <laughs> yeah. Probably no one will get, but. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, because we're playing different, like, entities within one person, there's obvious, you know, relationships that you guys have with one another that actually we need to detail on our character sheets. So, um, if we want to start with the Animus, just solely because it's the the first one here, (laughs) uh, would you like to read out loud your sisterly bonds and decide who fills the blanks for you? Okay. Um, So, my sisterly bonds start with... You hold yourself apart from your sisters, but, and I think I'm going to fill the first blank with, let's see, the witch. The witch is the only one who soothes me. Mm, Interesting. Uh, Can you tell me about a time that they calmed your rage? I guess I'm not thinking of a particular time, but rather a set of situations in particular. Um, that yeah, that's fine. The whenever the animus finds themselves um, agitated for some reason or another, suspicious about another person, the witch always has something um, to say that both confirms that the suspicion isn't entirely misplaced, but also kind of sets the animus in a direction where the the animus does not feel that they have to like do something about it. Okay, so you like that they like confirm and kind of like. Um, kind of massage your anxieties a little bit. Yes, like you're like as the animus, like your your feelings are valid, but we don't have to actually do something about that. We can just recognize that this is the issue, and then take a moment. She's the perfect venting partner. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I like that. And then I think that for the second sisterly bond, um, the animus is envious of the virgin, and I think this is because. I guess the virgin is trusting in a way that the animus wishes that they could be. And the, I guess the actions that the virgin takes are things that the animus almost wishes that she could. 
Yeah, I, I think I get that feeling. Mm, because almost like the, the virgin's almost a child in a way that can just kind of do whatever. Yes, and the animus is... What's the what's the word that I want? <laughs> I guess, in a sense, the animus wishes that they didn't have to be so that the virgin could be. Oh, oh interesting. That sort of breaks my heart. <laughs> oh. I like that a lot. She feels like she's in the way of, of the virgin getting what she wants. Huh. All right. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so next would be the virgin. My first one is you trust your sisters for the most part, but blank blackens your innocence with her every word explain how she became your enemy um i i am going to say that that is going to be the animus um i think that the animus is the aspect of tiffany that she has um that she has butt heads with the most um and she's she's also the one that's like the most opposite of her um so like while the virgin you know like sort of like values within herself like her innocence and her and her hope and things like that um the animus i see as like being very cynical and sort of like the opposite of that and that probably means that you know when they're both being tiffany um that causes a lot of conflict um so explain how she became your enemy. Should I like maybe make like a specific instance or? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that this was probably something that was growing for a long time. Um, so especially our relationship with our cousin um, Eloise, I think that they have butt heads with, that they have sort of butt heads on a lot, um, which is a character we'll get into as we play. Um, but I think that sort of like the final nail in the coffin for um for the virgin and the animus from the virgin's point of view was uh bluebeard and how how they both approached bluebeard so i think that the virgin fell in love very fast and very hard and was really resentful of the fact that the animus was like more cautious about it um to maybe even not wanting to do it and being specific of his intentions so i think mm. that that sort of like from the virgin's perspective was like the animus is being like actively harmful to us and we need to like course correct as much as we can. Right. Almost like she's the reason we're not happy right now. Yeah. All right. Like this, this guy is like literally plucked us out of, out of poverty and now we're in this like fabulous house and we've had this wonderful wedding. Um, and I think that she doesn't like that, you know, the animus is sort of like suspicious of that and against that. Right. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, my second one is uh, blank often helps you play tricks on the others. Explain a time when she was your ally in mischief. And I think that that is going to have to be the witch. Um, so a time that she was your ally in mischief. I think that that will have to do again with Eloise. Um, maybe when they were younger. Uh, I think that the Virgin is, is really jealous of Eloise because uh, she sees Eloise as um, stuff that she desperately wants to be but isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so so probably like a time that when they were little that they used their magic to sort of like play a trick on Eloise. Um, uh, I'm trying okay. to think. Yeah, I'm trying, should I like say what the trick was? Or just yeah. can we leave it vague? Okay. I didn't have anything in mind. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I guess 
and instead of like maybe having to like make up an elaborate uh a story yeah. about what it is what was why were you trying to trick eloise I think just purely out of jealousy, and she was able to sort of talk the witch into, like, the idea that this would be, like, a funny or good thing. So, like, what sort of, because Eloise has this, like, long, blonde, beautiful hair, and Tiffany has very dark hair. Um, I'm thinking that, like, maybe they, like, gave her a tea or something that turned her hair blue for an hour and sort of, like, let her, like, be upset for a while (laughs) about that. I like that. Yeah. And uh, then it, you know, faded and she probably got into lots of trouble for it, uh, Tiffany. But yeah, I I think that was sort of along those lines that um, she was like, that I think would be the sort of manipulative part of the Virgin, um, especially especially when she was younger, that she was able to be like, oh, it'll be this like really funny prank. But really, it was that she was uh, mad about something and able to, you know, uh, pull a fast one on the witch a little bit. (laughs) Right. I like that. (laughs) Um, and then finally, the witch. Uh, what are your bonds? So I feel like the first sentence on my bonds is very telling of the witch. My sisters are not nearly as important as power, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that the animus is a useful tool because right. their overprotective needs has really helped us be cautious in how much we show our magic abilities or our craft, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, they've really kept us safe in that sense. So they very much have been been like um, the conscious that's like don't don't take too many risks, you know. It, do the craft and be good at the craft, but, like, be careful about it at the same time. Um, Right. So the animus is almost like a a safety net, you think? Yeah. And also, if somebody catches, you know, definitely the animus is going to be the one that will take care of them. (laughs) (laughs) She'll think of a way to solve the issue. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Okay. Um, And my second one is somebody draws an evil to her, And what better person to draw evil to her than the Virgin with her wide-eyed innocence and people just wanting to take advantage of her? So I have had to (laughs) probably create more than one protective charm for her. And probably, you know, it's a good thing she probably doesn't realize it, but probably have cast a few uh, set of eyes, (laughs) longing eyes away from us that would have turned into a bad situation. I like that. I like that. I think uh, I think sisters was a perfect name for these set of characters. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for helping me finish our wedding preparations before we start playing. Um, this is this is really good. I'm really excited to get started with everything. <laughs> but before we get rolling, there's one more person I'd like to introduce you, the audience, to. Uh, Tiffany might have multiple aspects of herself floating around in her head all the time. But she only has one voice. We've had other voice talent come on other seasons of Fables Around the Table, but I wanted to sit down with the voice of Tiffany to talk about how she relates to the character we built. Uh, so, Anna, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure thing. Okay, well, hi. My name is Anna. Um, I'm a longtime fan and friend of the show. <laughs> um, I don't have any cool projects of my own outside of this. I just kind of hop around to other podcasts. <laughs> Um, if you don't mind me shouting out, Chelsea. Yeah, no, go ahead. Okay, so 
the one that I frequent the most on is actually my fiance's podcast. It's um, Five Minute Respawn, which is all about a fun nerf game, humans versus zombies, that I had the privilege of running several games for. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I take pictures and put them on Instagram. That's that's it. <laughs> that's all I've got going for me. Oh, I too. Um, at the time of recording, I'm actually getting married myself in two weeks. It's true. She's, so. she's a perfect bride. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> um, and if you like Anna's performance in Tiffany, you can also find her in the first season of Fables Around the Table. She was a character in Curse. And you can also find her work in Lost. You were also a, a character in that mm-hmm. too, correct? It was a scarecrow. Nice. Yes. Okay. Um, so if you if you have liked her work in those, you're going to love her work in Tiffany. Uh, I guess firstly, what you've read the the background. What what do you think of Tiffany? <laughs> so I mean, from the background and from what I read, I mean, she. I had a very different idea of what she was going to be before I started reading all of this. But, so did I. <laughs> I mean, she sounds kind. Of, her reactions and the things that I've read versus. The background versus what I was expecting when you were describing the bride. Yeah. <laughs> all different. Yes. So, like, <laughs> her background, she sounds, like, super capable and tough and confident. But, like, when I was reading some of the interactions and, like, what she ended up doing, she doesn't sound like any of that at all. And, I mean, maybe she's just off her footing. Mm-hmm. But she sounds like, I mean, a lot of it, she's, like, getting scared and bad stuff's happening to her. So that's not helping because it's kind of tipping her off of her base, I feel like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she just doesn't seem quite as confident. And then by the end, I mean, I mean, she just softens a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of the purpose of this, I think, is that the house just slowly breaks her down. Right. That was something that was really interesting while we were playing. Because um, sort of like the whole theme, and, and you'll hear it as we're going through lines a little bit more, um, is sort of like Tiffany comes in and she's like, all right, I'm married now. Now it's my time to be a woman. And she falls in yeah. so hard to being like a, a dainty kind of whatever that she's okay. not. She, she's got okay. all these things where it's like, okay, well, I am this, but I want to be this. So she's really like trying real hard to perform femininity. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And um, not quite passing, I imagine. Or it doesn't seem right. like it. Yeah. Um... So I know one thing I do want to point out that we don't really get a chance to talk about and comes up a lot. Um, we we talk about this character, um, Eloise. Yeah, that's, is that her sister? So I believe Eloise is a cousin, technically. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, but whereas Tiffany feels like she is, like, alone and self-sufficient and, like, almost mm-hmm. mannish in a way, Eloise is, like, this idol of femininity She's, in her life. Yeah. And she's pregnant, too, I think, was in the reading, so, like, she's, yeah. She's everything that she kind of wishes, that Tiffany wishes she could be. Yeah. In some ways. There's some jealousy. Yeah, that's really what's um, pushing Tiffany to perform differently while she's in the house. she wants to be, like, Eloise's. Right. That makes sense. That's super relatable, too. Yeah, right? (laughs) So, you've read through who Tiffany is and mm-hmm. her backstory and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do, do you relate to Tiffany oh, at all? Absolutely. 
Absolutely, because I was always like, you know, the tomboy kid growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never very feminine, and I, I had a tough time um, just like relating to girls even for a long time, because <laughs> it just, I, I don't know, it didn't, they're into these things that I'm not into, and I'd rather be playing and doing stuff that, I don't know, playing with Legos and bric-a-brac or whatever, and uh-huh. like, they're into the dolls and stuff, and I grew up around all boy cousins. I didn't have girls around very often, so I just didn't, I didn't know how to relate. And then moving into, like, that adult world, that Mm. was a struggle. It's Mm. harder to relate to the societal pressures about being a wife. I mean, I've seen it. Like, I I get it. I know a lot of people go through that, but that's just so very much not the relationship that I'm in, thankfully. Right. Um, And, like, my parents and his parents have never set expectations of me to be, like, that subservient wife role. Mm-hmm. So I I haven't had to deal with that. And that would be the the one area that we really differ, I think. Right. And naturally things are work a little differently now than they do back when oh, yeah. um, this is set. Yes. Fortunately. Correct. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> um, but that's really interesting. I know um, when the the players were were building Tiffany, that was something that I was like, "Oh no, they're just they're just making me like." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really though. <laughs> but this is, I mean, it's interesting too because, like, even looking at this and reading this, I'm like, you know, Bluebeard is like to some extent kind of that like. He, he's kind of fitting that, like, Edward Cullany kind of, uh-huh. like, teen role, <laughs> if that makes any sense. No, I think from, it does. Like, like, if he was written or, like, portrayed as being, like, more attractive or, I mean, you just, I don't get to read a lot about him. Right. But, like, if he was, like, the sulky emo boy, <laughs> like, oh, 100%, I would see my, like, younger self being, like, no, don't go in the room, you idiot. You could have everything if you were just, yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, well, I think that's, like, one of the interesting, like, parts. Um, the only way that Bluebeard is talked about in the book is through the fairy tale. And mm-hmm. it's, like, this eerie beauty. He's described as having this this blue beard. Right. And for the bride, it's something that is fearful, but also, like, huh, that's, like, cool. I want to know about that. It also has, like, kind of Beauty and the Beast vibes. Yeah, it um, does. And having been in Beauty and the Beast as Belle, I'm like, I, all right, I, I'm picking up what you're laying down. <laughs> Don't go to the West Wing, Belle, you dumbass. <laughs> he asked one thing, and what'd you have to go do? Uh-huh. Go get the flower. This is obviously a little different. <laughs> in Beauty and the Beast, there's like no evidence that he's a terrible dude. Um, this is a haunted castle. <laughs> it's fine. I, would, I too would have my questions. Nothing bad happens in this game. Why would you even suggest such a thing? <laughs> Bro, there was a trauma card at the beginning that was introduced to it. Uh, it's I fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. I'm going to play a bride. Ah, I wonder what that's going to be like. Maybe I'll like work on my Disney princess voice again. Maybe that'll be what's good for this. <laughs> and I read like one sentence and it was like, oh. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Wrong bitch. <laughs> nah, nothing bad happens in this game. Everything is perfectly fine. It's all about love and marriage and your relationship yeah. with, you know, uh-huh. being a lady and how fun it is. <laughs> Just don't fucking open that door. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine. <laughs> um, 
So in the um, information about Tiffany, you kind of have a little bit of introduction to the the different sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, which sister do you think you personally relate the most to? Um, I want to say the witch, just off like off the cuff, uh-huh. but um, probably not the virgin. I'm a little foggy on the animus though, and how that like I just completely glossed over it. Right. Uh. The Animus is actually a really cool character mm-hmm. in the way that um, Caitlin uh, is is playing her mm-hmm. is super cool. She's sort of like um, your defensive mechanisms. Okay. Okay. Um, th- that's not the only way to play the Animus, but that that's definitely how Caitlin has chose to uh, portray Got it. her. Um, so anytime there's like a moment of anxiety or whatever, the Animus comes in and is like, "Okay, but what if it gets worse?" <laughs> or like. No, we can't do that. Never what if mind. something bad happens? That was, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I am just a ball of anxiety, ADHD, and depression that has formed itself into physical form. <laughs> like, <laughs> my whole personality is just coping mechanisms. Perfect. I'm a perfect match for the animus. Yeah, I, I think that's really um, interesting, because I think of all of the sisters, I think the Animus is what Tiffany um, displays the most, okay. even though, um, even when she's not in control. Yeah. Um, a lot of her, like, physicality is it comes from an Animus standpoint, I think, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Um, and I guess the other thing I'd like to bring up about Tiffany in introducing her to you is... One of the, the details is that she finds her hands, one of the, the yeah. most horrible parts of her body. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something you can also relate Actually, to? Actually, I'm a little opposite that way. Um, I've always really liked my hands, which sounds weird. Yeah. But um, I I took piano for a really long time. So, wh- mm-hmm. and I started in like second grade. So my fingers elongated. So they're like weirdly long for my hands. And kind of, I don't know, I've always liked that in, my, in doing my nails and stuff and taking care of them that way. Um, uh-huh. But I've never, I'm like the opposite. I don't have like very calloused and rough hands as a result when it comes to like trying to get things open or like ripping things open or doing something repetitively with my hands over time. I'm like the first one to have my hands wear out on me. <laughs> Because I've been so <laughs> gentle with them for so long. So it's, uh-huh. it's the complete opposite. I'm like, I have nice hands. Please, someone else open this. I can't get it. <laughs> it hurts. <Help. laughs> uh, do you have a part of you that you find, like, super masculine? Kind of how Tiffany thinks about her hands Just being? about the rest of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, as, if there was, like, one specific that was, like, super masculine that way. Um, I've always been weird about my feet, so kind of similar okay. but opposite. So I'm five two, but I wear a size nine and a half shoe. Like I nice. have okay. <laughs> boat feet for my body. I was supposed to be um the the doctors were estimating like based off of foot size and my parents' heights and stuff. I was supposed to be like six or not six foot, but like five seven, five eight. And right. um possibly because my mom smoked while she was pregnant i never achieved the Mm. height i should have so i have gigantor Uh. feet (laughs) with like really long toes too like those creepily long toes Um, Uh yeah yeah that's a great time (laughs) but those are easier to hide because like 
And it's true. You're wearing shoes or <laughs> socks or whatever, and you can just cover it, and you don't have to necessarily worry. It's not like her hands, which are interacting with people. Right. Um, I think that's one of the really cool things why um, we ended up going with uh, hands for, for Tiffany. It's something that she's constantly like reminded yep. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hiding, and there's not really a good way to do that. Unless you're, like, wearing yeah. gloves all the time. And that's also, like, a, a red flag. That also draws attention to it, right? Uh, well, thank you for sharing all of this with us. I think knowing how much all of the people involved with this project really put themselves into Tiffany uh, really makes the game feel more alive and a lot more relatable. And it's just, it's it's very cool. Um, thank you for joining us for Episode Zero, listeners. I really hope that this has piqued your interest. Uh, we all hope you'll come to love Tiffany as much as we have, and we invite you to turn the key to see what's behind the final door. Introducing Tales of the Voidfarer. Join the spacefaring adventures of a group of misfits in this D&D 5th edition podcast inspired by the 2nd edition setting, Spelljammer. My name's Marco Astorio. My character is a gif Yankee. My character is a doar. Adorable little penguin people. You're ravenous, right? Yes, I, 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 and you are. I, it's a pleasure to meet you. My name's Luckby Cumble. My name is Captain Valeria Rain, and welcome aboard the Voidfarer. Luckbeak, Ravnus, come on! <laughs> There's so much to see over here! Catch new episodes of Tales of the Voidfarer every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast fix. <laughs> that's funny. Wait, did you just hmm? say that's funny and not laugh, Ravnus? We really have to work on your social skills. <laughs> Projectderailed.com